Uh, God, we just thank you. We ask that you would speak this morning. Uh, for those who hear it and watch it at different times, it may be nighttime for them. It might be in the afternoon. I ask that you speak whatever time of day or night it is to those who watch and those who are listening. Lord, I ask that you would have your way, that you would just do something amazing, uh, Lord God. You know how to use technology for your glory. You know how to redeem everything that the enemy has tried to twist and pervert. So I ask that you redeem these tools for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and just dive into this. Um, you know, I'll say this, and I mean it. It might be rainy outside, but it's sunny in here uh, because we got the word of God, and we'll, we'll do this. Let's go to Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 25 through 37. And if you've been listening or watching or here in person, you know all we're doing is Jesus. Uh, just, it's going to be a, a deep look at Jesus for a while. Um, we, we just need to go ahead and, and, and help our world get refocused. Amen. Uh, and, and highlight the works of Jesus, the person of Jesus, the attributes of Jesus, the character of Jesus, just Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. That's what I'm telling you. That's it. So Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37, and I'm going to read the New Living Translation. And you can follow along whatever you have, but the New Living Translation, Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. It might seem lengthy, but it flows. It, it really flows easy. When we got it, say we got it. Everybody good? All right, here we go. Verse 25. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus. That's where he messed up already for it. <laughs> you know, he's trying to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? Uh, the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, right, <laughs> right. Jesus told him, do this and you will live. Uh, the man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied with a story. Uh, he does it often. If you look through scriptures, he'll reply uh, with a story, y'all, with a parable. Uh, he replied with a story. And this is what it said. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Somebody say, passed him by. A temple assistant which is a Levite in some translations, walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by. Somebody say passed by. Passed by, passed by on the other side. Uh, then a despised, somebody say despised. A despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Somebody say compassion. 34, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. You, you mean he stayed there and took care of him? The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. 
if his bills run higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? And Jesus asked. And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. <laughs> That's a good text. Now, with everything going on in our nation, in our city, I, I think that this uh, passage is a, gr a great one to, to deal with this morning. Uh, from the subject, we need mercy. We need mercy. Say it with me. We need mercy. Say it again. We need mercy mercy amen we need mercy look there's an african proverb or a proverb uh, a word um, that that guided the life of the late desmond tutu uh, bishop desmond tutu anybody heard that name before uh, he, he's deceased the late uh, desmond tutu and it's a word umbutu we're gonna learn some african words today somebody say ooh boon tu look at y'all y'all go anywhere in the continent of africa y'all just umbutu <laughs> hey, Ubuntu! Y'all gonna be doing it. Y'all gonna go to Krispy Kreme for that Ubuntu. I know what y'all gonna be doing. You're gonna be on the phone. You're gonna try to text it, but you can't even get it right phonetically. Ubuntu. Ubuntu means this I am because we are. Ubuntu. I am because we are. Uh, it can also be said, I am because you are, Doug. I, I am because because we are. It comes from the understanding, Mariah, uh, that, that there is a collective value and worth of humanity, Jonathan. That regardless of your race, Renee, your color, your socioeconomic status, your gender, your disability or religion, that you have value and worth. Ubuntu, I am. I am because we are Ubuntu. And, and this would guide uh, the bishop. But before there was the bishop, Desmond Tutu, there was Jesus. A and Jesus, being a native of northeastern Africa, he would understand the principle of Ubuntu. He, he would understand the principle of I am because we are. He would understand that. A matter of fact, he would understand it more than the religious expert for it. He, he would understand this because the religious expert, y'all, Amir, he, he, he memorized the law, but he didn't understand it. He memor he could repeat the law. He was raised in it as a kid. You know, Bible Belt folk, they, they raised in church, right? know how to say all kinds of doxologies and know how to repeat prayers, know how to say all kinds of sayings, but don't know how to live it. And he, he knew it uh, by memory, but didn't know it in his heart. And how do we know? Because Luke records how he answered Jesus. Watch this. It, it, it was somewhat sarcastically, y'all, because <laughs> he was feeling himself. And he tried to justify himself as being perfect religiously. You, you ever seen folk like that? Walk around like they just got it together? Man, I, I used to hate when folk would be in their little nice little black suits. You know, I can, I can get shocked too now. Don't get it twisted. And just feel like they just, you know, somebody, like you're just religious because you're looking good today, but they just mean as all get out. Mean as a Rottweiler. You know what I'm saying? But then put on a black suit and, you know, put on a white dress and just act a little different. No, you still mean. You know, we need Ubuntu. Huh? 
We need, we need, we need mercy. We, we, we need mercy. And he answers Jesus in the sarcastic answer, trying to justify himself. And, and many of us, we try to answer in ways to justify ourselves, but we end up exposing ourselves. He, he was trying to justify himself, but ends up exposing himself. The man's question to Jesus is this, who is my neighbor? <laughs> oh, so, okay, smart guy, so you really don't know. Because it exposed that he didn't understand love. And, and, and he wanted to have a specific type of people that he could serve to be his neighbor. He wanted to understand, what, what does it mean? Because I don't know who my neighbor is. I get to choose who my neighbor is. He didn't understand what it meant to be neighborly. Asking who is my neighbor was similar to that. What, what people do I have to love? Yeah. Or, or, or which people do I get to select to love? That, that's what it was saying when he said, who is my, my neighbor? But when there, don't miss this, y'all. But when there is no love for all people, there can be no true love for God. When, when there's no love for all people, there can be no true love for God, no matter how we try to dress it up. We, we can dress it up with all kinds of church language. And if we don't love everybody, can't be a true love for God. I'm not talking about uh, uh, ignoring offenses. We got to deal with them because love will make you confront an offense. Right. Love will let people know, man, you offended me. Love will deal with unforgiveness. It won't just ignore it and, and act like you are all right. Uh, the second portion of 1 John 4.20, uh, the Christian Standard Bible says this, the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. It is impossible to love God when we are loving people. It just, it, it, we can't compartmentalize it. Now, We've been watching the news lately. If you haven't watched the news, at least you get a you probably get a feed on Twitter or Facebook or, or Instagram. If you don't know about Buffalo, New York, your head has been in the sand, right? Does everybody know about Buffalo, New York? Right. We know about the, the massacre that happened in Buffalo, New York, correct? We understand the shooting, correct? Now y'all can't see them on camera, but they're nodding their heads, right? We we know about the shooting. That that this young man, he drove at least 200 miles from his house, from where he stayed. To, to go do this. He was going to express his love for white America. What he thought was love. What, what he thought was love for white America. What he thought was love for people. What he thought was love and patriotism was really hate and perversion. What he thought was love. What he thought was patriotism was really hate and perversion. Yeah, yeah. Now, this doesn't represent, he doesn't represent all of white America, but he does represent white hate groups. He does represent the perpetuation of oppression and white supremacy. That's what he represents. Yeah, it's hate that can't stand somebody because of their skin color. That's hate. It's hate that says, I don't like you because of your sexual preference or orientation. It's hate that says, I don't like them because of their body size. They're too big. They're too short, tall. They're too short. That's hate. That's hate that says, I don't like you because of where you stay. You don't deserve to drive that kind of car. You don't need to stay out there. It's hate because you don't got the same family structure, because your folks been divorced, so you had a baby out of wedlock. That's hate. And we need mercy. We need mercy. And Jesus tells this prejudiced religious man, 
a parable about a Samaritan. A Samaritan, the, the most hated figure in their society. Yeah, the most hated becomes the hero. Isn't it interesting? <laughs> Isn't it cool, though? Jesus used the most hated in their society to be the hero in the story. <laughs> That's countercultural, especially when you feel good about yourself. You know you're going to be the hero. And he uses the most hated to be the most loving, the Samaritan. And Samaritans, this is why they were hated, y'all, because they were racially mixed. That's one of the reasons, racially, racially mixed people. They were considered unpure. Sound familiar? Yeah, they were considered unpure. And it was a constant and consistent hostility between the Jews and the mixed-race Samaritans. And the story shows us that race wars are nothing new. Ain't nothing new under the sun. People act like the Bible it doesn't speak to now. Everything you find in the Bible, we can find something going on right now in a modern-day example. Race wars are nothing new. And this is one thing I noticed. Every high political season, we have these racial tensions that rise. Man, like they, they like sleeper, sleeper cells have just been sitting there waiting for it. It's like they've been planning. We talked about how they just be waiting, waiting. Every political season, just watch the rhythm. Watch the seasons. Every high political season, we have these hate groups that rise back to the surface. Huh? We have these people that go ahead and show themselves and make headlines. And it's a distraction. We talked about the distractions last week. And I believe that we as humans have been conditioned, especially uh, in the church, Bible Belt Church, when we read a text like this, we encounter this story, we want to see ourselves as a victim. Yep. Our go-to, our default is to see ourselves as the victim on the ground or the person offering the help. I'm mess with you. Come on. Y'all robbed me this morning. Yeah, it's our default. We've been conditioned because of the self-righteous tendency and our victim mentality that's perpetuated in this society that we, our go-to is to see ourselves either as the victim on the ground, huh, or, or the person who's offering help because we're often in denial about our own sinfulness. We, we often in denial about it. We don't want to admit, oh, this is what's going to hurt. We don't want to admit that we could actually have more in common with the violators. Yeah, yeah, who cause harm to people, either physically, psychologically, or sociologically. Yeah, we, we don't want to see ourselves to have anything in common with the violators who, who, who could actually be people, that we could actually be people that cause harm either physically psychologically or sociologically to somebody. Now, we don't want to see that. We don't want to admit that we could actually have more in common with the civically apathetic. Here it is now. That, that, that we ignore societal pains, that we pass individuals by who got pain around us. We, we don't want to admit that, that we could be the violators or that we could be the civically apathetic. And the man in the text exposed his own self-righteous sinfulness by trying to justify himself in order to appear righteous. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus shows us this, y'all, that mercy flows out of a heart of compassion. Like if you ain't got compassion in your heart, you ain't going to show people mercy. 
It's, it's, it's impossible to have mercy for anybody if there is no compassion in our heart. And the Samaritan, he was prepared to extend mercy because mercy was already inside of him. He didn't have to try to make up mercy. You feel me? It, was, it wasn't a counterfeit compassion. It was already inside of him. And if you want to know, and if I want to know what's in our hearts, y'all, what's inside of us, man, just do a mental survey right now. Just think about, man, how did your week go? What was yesterday like? How, how did this whole month go? How did this year go? Has it been all about you? What, what have you done with your resources, with your time, with your gifting? Just do, just, just do it. Have you shown mercy? Any compassion to anybody besides yourself? Just do, do a mental survey because mercy flows out of a heart of compassion. There's another thing mercy does. Mercy doesn't avoid the pain of others. It engages it. Mercy does not ignore. Mercy does not avoid the pain of others. It engages it. Look, the priest and the Levite, uh, they call him the temple assistant. They both avoided the pain. Think about that. They both avoided the pain and passed on the other side. Don't miss this right here, y'all. Look at me, look at me, look at me. How would that add to the person's trauma? Seeing the people who were put in positions of power to help, not help. You lay in there half dead, and you see the two people who are put in place because they got resources. They had, they had access to the temple tithe. They had access to the temple uh, oil. They had access to the temple beds and places they could lay them. And you're trying to tell me that these two people pass you by. You're already in a traumatic situation, and those who have been put in place, not just by God, but by the people, they pass you by. How does that add to your trauma? Huh? When you you laying there thinking highly, of the, I'm like, I know they're going to help me, and they don't. I know they're going to help me, and they don't, and they pass you by. Mercy does not avoid the pain of others. It engages it. You ever felt like you were just left alone? You're just like, man, come on, man, somebody help me. I remember T.D. Jace once said he was walking in the hot sun, and he had people just passing him by. He needed a ride. He said, he said, I can get a ride anywhere now. He said, but I don't need it now. I needed it then. He said, I needed you to stop and help me then. I need you to stop and help me now, Doug. I need you to stop and help me now, Renee. I need you to stop. Don't pass the pain of others by. Mercy engages it. And I want y'all to know, we got certain bills. Y'all pay attention now. Man, we got bills. We got laws that are being put in place that have no concern with the pain of humanity. They don't care about healing humanity. We have stuff that is written with the intent to pass by women. Written with the intent to pass by black and brown individuals. They are written to pass by the poor and working poor. They are written to pass by the disabled, who is one of the largest communities that is growing in our world right now. They, they are written to pass by veterans. You have no idea how many conversations I have with veterans about medical issues, insurance issues, bills written to pass by children with learning disabilities who have ADHD and people just say, put them over there. Written to pass them by. And that's why we need the body of Christ 
to lead or to be involved with movements of mercy. Yeah, the body of Christ, we must be leading or involved with movements of mercy because we need mercy. We need it. Amen. We need it. We, we have things going on all over our city, all over our country. In June, we have what's called the Poor People's Campaign. It was started by Martin Luther King. It's going to be in D.C. The Poor People's Campaign. We have the NAACP. Mercy. We have a voteless people is a hopeless people by Alpha Phi Alpha. Mercy. We have the Memphis People's Campaign. We have Latino Memphis. We have the Samaritan's Purse that travels from state to state going and helping storm victims. We have the Homeless Mission. We have the Hope House that deals with kids affected by AIDS and HIV. Mercy. Our world does not have a crime problem. We have a love problem. We don't need more police. We need more engagement of mercy. Yeah. And it ain't God's fault. It's ours. Yeah. We have failed to properly acknowledge and engage in each other's pain because we're selfish. Yeah. We're so internally focused. Yeah. We fail to honor one another as image bearers. We don't cry with one another. But we want people to cry with us. We got to engage in the pain and mercy. It gives with open hands. Yeah, it gives with open hands. Yeah, I'm tired of self-centered Christians. I, I am. I fight to kill my own self-centeredness. I hate self-centered. I hate it. I hate it, y'all. I hate it. I hate it. I'm tired of self-centered Christians who go all out. Man, they will. They will do everything for their pet. Well, do I, man, you see all these people, man, do, man, do lick, lick, lick their dog all in the face on social media. Oh, I love my, oh, look at little, oh, my God, I love my dog. Oh, shit, oh, my God, look at dressing him up. Look at my dog. Oh, man, but, but, but can't stand a human. Oh, my God, look at my dog. Dog, oh, beautiful. Man, no whole, would do everything to impress a date. Go buy a new pair of veneers. Do, do whatever you got to do to impress a date. Don't care about folk. Do whatever you want to do to take care of yourself, right? Whatever makes me feel good. But then when you say, hey, there is a need. Oh, I'm broke. Matt, we need you to help. Can you help us move something? No, I ain't got time. Man, 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 we, man we're trying to go over there to nursing home. I'm, I'm unavailable. Yeah. People with mercy are willing to use Whatever resources they have to bless others. Don't miss that. People with mercy are willing to use whatever resources they have to bless others. I'm going to say it again. People with mercy are willing to use whatever they have to bless others because I realize that it's a gift from God. It's a gift. Whatever I have is a gift from God. Give with open hands. Mercy gives with open hands. The Samaritan used all of his resources to provide care, and he was willing to take care of any extra expense. Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? He was willing. Are you and I open-handed Christians or closed? Because we need mercy. And we ought to be the examples of mercy. When mercy is placed at the front of our lives, 
secondary issues become insignificant details that move out the way. That's, that's good. Hear, hear that, hear that, hear, hear that, hear this. When mercy is placed at the front of our lives, secondary issues become insignificant details that we move out the way. Let me explain it. Don't miss it. Don't, don't, don't miss this. See, neither one of them in the story, the person on the ground or the person standing up, neither one of them uh, yeah, giving mercy or receiving mercy had to explain secondary issues and insignificant details. They, they, yeah, they didn't ask each other, so what's your political affiliation? Yeah, they, 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 didn't, they didn't talk about political affiliation. Yeah, they, they didn't ask the other their sexual preference or how they identify before help was given or help was received. Hmm? They, they didn't ask each other their view on women's right to choose. They didn't do that. They didn't ask each other, what do you think about critical race theory? What do you think about social justice? What do you think about abortion? Are you married? Are you single? How many kids you got out of wedlock? They, they didn't talk about none of that. The Samaritan didn't blame the man on the ground for being half dead and being hurt. huh? And, and the man on the ground didn't blame the Samaritan for not preventing his trauma. No. They just allowed mercy to have its way. Yeah. And we need to be like Jesus. And we need to do what Jesus told that man. Go do the same. This week, I, I want you to let mercy have its way. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't experienced mercy, I don't expect you to extend it. But if you've experienced mercy, man, you ought to be engaging in the pain of others. If you've experienced mercy, Oh, you ought to be serving with open hands. I'm going to say it again. If you have experienced mercy, you ought to be extending mercy, engaging in the pain of others. If you've experienced mercy, oh, my God, that means I ought to be serving with open hands. I ought to be giving with open hands. Go and do the same. Amen? God, I ask that you would bless us. Allow us to experience your mercy and to extend your mercy in this city, in this world, and in our homes. I ask that you would save somebody who's not saved so they would understand that mercy. And for those of us who are saved, help us to live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>